Thank you, Eddie. As we uh, come this morning, we're still talking about living in the moment. Because we have to understand the principle. Once we understand that principle, I don't care what you're going through, you'll be a survivor. And every week, <coughs> I've been uh, challenged with some, some things that I thought was very interesting. And as I looked at this whole idea of uh, living in the moment, um, there was a couple that uh, traveled about two hours to get to me. They said, we need to come in. Said, didn't, we, didn't we talk before? I said, yes, we, we need to come in again. And so they came in. I was kind of scratching my head, and I really prayed. I said, Lord, they know some principles, and what is it that's, that's going on? And so I had to ask a question. What do you think is wrong? And the wife sat there with tears in her eyes, and she said, I'm angry. I am angry. And then I asked the next question. I said, for how long have you been angry? She said, for three years. You've been angry for three long years. I said, whenever, I said, anger always have a, a running buddy. Just like, remember when I told you that Whenever there's sin, you have to be deceived in order to be sent to sin. They always have running buddies. So when there's, when there's anger, then there has to be something else going along with it. And so I said, what is your running buddy? I said, let me, let me help you. The running buddy of anger, I want you all to repeat after me, is fear. What is it? I said, no, it's not. The running buddy of anger is fear. She went on to explain some things that happened to her. I said, what point, you said three years ago, what point in three years, what happened? And she said, my best friend, after almost 15 years, sent me an email and ripped me to pieces about something I knew nothing about. And I was deeply hurt. And I went to my husband. The, the poor husband comes in on an ordinary day. <laughs> and, and she wanted her husband to comfort her. And she couldn't be comforted the way she wanted to be. And she was angry at her husband for three years. And the husband sat there saying, I didn't cause the anger. I said, you didn't comfort me. I didn't know. What if I didn't know how to comfort you? 
Now listen carefully. Listen carefully. All of this is surface. All listen, listen carefully. All of this is surface. And I said, here's some problems. Problem one. I said, let's. T- I do two, two circles on the wa- on the board. Problem one is. I said, did the person who said this, who was a believer and a leader in the church, did the person follow the Matthew 18 principle of coming to you? I said, no, she didn't. I said, so, so the person was wrong. I said, I don't know that person's situation. I'm not going to get into their situation, but they were wrong. I said, am I right? I said, right. Okay, so we, we know that the person who caused this caused that great tremendous hurt, right? I said, right, good. Now, let's, talk, let's deal with the spiritual. When you was hurt... Did you take it to the Lord like he told you to? No, because he said, cast all your cares upon him because he what? Did you take it to the Lord like he told you to? Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind has stayed on thee. Didn't he say that? You think God playing games here? So for three years, you did not do anything as far as the Lord is concerned between you and him. Or you would have peace by now. So you didn't do this. No, I didn't do it. I said, another violation. For three years, you didn't speak to the Lord about it. And then you blame your husband about it. Now forget about the person who started it. Who do you think now is causing the problem? Who do you think things? I'll tell you the person. Now, if you think of anybody else, you're wrong. You failed the class. You're going to go through the same thing. If you don't learn that whenever something goes wrong with you, you take it to Jesus. Don't tell your friends about it. The first person you do is, as you, what they say, in, in, whenever you get, whenever you're fire, you're, you're closing things on fire, you drop, stop dropping what? I didn't say stop rock and roll. I said stop drop and roll and when you and you stop and you drop to your knees and you roll it over to the Lord the Lord got you and and so and I told her that and like I've been telling you we're on the on the on the three packages that you have the moment that you are saved in God's family who chose you for the foundation of the world he gave you three uh, survival packages power Love and a sound mind. Didn't he? Now, whether you use it or not, he's not going to use it for you. You have to initiate it. You have to open it up. If that doesn't happen, we got problems. We have serious problems. So uh, as we uh, go forward in uh, this particular situation here, get this going. Look like uh, it's not clicking. Okay. All right. Now we're moving. Okay. Well, it must not be in the PowerPoint. Okay. We'll see what happens here. It's not in the PowerPoint. Okay. Uh, First uh, Corinthians 2.12. Now we have received not the spirit of, of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given by God. Something's still not wrong. There's something wrong. Okay. And we uh, impart this 
in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The next thing, either, okay, one moment, let me, uh, okay. Okay, it's, it's not, it's, you're doing fine, it's my problem. I got it on now, okay. Okay, the natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit, for they are uh, folly to him, and he's not able to understand them because they are spiritually what? Discerned. We're talking about now, this last, last leg is having a sound mind. So I want to throw it out, maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Do you have a sound mind? You know, we're going to try to, you know, we always try to protect us. Yeah, I, I, I got it. <laughs> I, I got that, you know. Do you really? Do you really have a sound mind? I didn't ask you, were you intelligent? I asked you, do you have a sound mind? A sound mind cannot be gotten in the education system. It has to be a gift of God. Because it's God who gives it to us, but we have to work it. Okay, um, God who gives it to us and we have to do what? Amen. So then, as we look at this scripture then, it says, First uh, Corinthians 2.15, The spiritual man judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the what? Get this? Wait a minute. Let that sink into your soul. We have, those of you who know Jesus Christ as your Savior, we have the mind of Christ. Let that sink into your psyche. We have the mind of Christ. Higher than Einstein, higher than any of the other. We have the mind of Christ. And get this, at all times. If that ever sinks into us, if that ever takes note in us, you understand that you have more power in dealing with things. When I, I have the mind of Christ, therefore I do not have to sink to the world's level in dealing with things and responding to things. There are times when all I need to say is no, and you don't have to go around explaining. If you have the mind of Christ and not be arrogant, that is, okay? So then, um, let's look at our review. First, no, God always provides the needed power for accomplishing his ultimate purpose. Remember power? And that's, remember, you, you receive power before you receive love. So we know that we pass from death into life because we love the brethren. Before God gives you love, he gives you power to become the sons of God. So the first thing that God happens to give you is the power. So the, and the power, God uh, always provides the needed power to accomplish his ultimate goal, purpose. That whatever God gets you or sets you on, he always gives you the necessary power to get the job done. Love. Let's read together. Love of God is driven by his awesome mercy and grace. Address any change to life, even loving our enemies. Boy, even what? <laughs> it's amazing where love will take you, you know? It didn't say loving those folks who love you. Loving your good buddy. 
Love will take you in some of the darkest places. And God says, here's where you're really going to shine. That little song, this little light of mine, what? I'm going to let it shine. When you have the love of Christ, then you bloom where you're planted. And you make a difference in a chaotic situation. You are the light of the world. Why? Because you have the power of God. That's your first pack. Then you have the love of God. And when you have the power of God to get it done and the love of God, the, the thing that, that channels it, then anyone that comes into your life, I had to do some reevaluation of people in my life. I had, I had to make sure that there's no one that I have any animosity towards. I mean, and, and there's, there's, there's one relative that still comes to my mind. And I'm still trying to work it through, you know. Uh, and uh, and, he, and he, every now and then he calls. Uh, say, Unc, you know, and I say, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm, just, I'm just being honest with you. You know, I'm, I'm still, you know, because, uh, because when we, we, we didn't ask him to leave, we kicked him out of the house. When I say kicked him out of the house, we didn't tell him to take your bags. His, all of his stuff was in, 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 a, in the, uh, what they call chest drawer. I wrapped that whole thing. I said, you don't have to pack. I wrapped the whole thing. He's supposed to be going to my sister. I had one of those old station wagon, Plymouth station wagon, pulled it down, put it in a station wagon, okay, and drove it all the way over to my sister and said, here. Because I, I told him, if you ever mess with my house, the only way that you'll see on the inside again is that they take a picture and they show it to you, you know. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that was a bad talk. <laughs> All right, so, uh, <laughs> but I mean, but we, I mean, but it, we went through a whole lot of, well, anyway. Um, but my, my wife tell you, it takes a lot to get me there. I mean, it, it takes a whole, but I got to the one of those Popeye moments was this, that's all I can stand, and I can stand no more, you know. <laughs> so, but the Lord says, no, I want to take you further. No, no, wait, wait a minute, Lord. No, no, this, 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 this is about it now. I mean, no, this, this is as far as, far as Jesus would know. No, Jesus will take you further than you think you can go when you love. There are some people in your life that you, you still don't want to deal with, right? Let me help you out. They're not going to go away. <laughs> They're not going to go away. They're not going to go away. And God's going to say, they're not going to go away until you change how you view them and how you respond to them. Why? Because that's what I did with you before the foundation of the world. And I don't want you to do any less. Be careful not to suppress your feelings and just go along with the program. That's dangerous for the soul. It's dangerous for the emotion. It's dangerous to, to exist in a relationship and you still, I don't care what type of relationship it is, and you still say, well, I'm just getting by. Who told you as a believer you're supposed to be getting by? That's, that's enough. James, notice this when we talk about gifts. Let's read it together. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, 
coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above. If God has given us power, love, and a sound mind, it's good and it's perfect and it's from God and he expects you to use it. For you to hear me and to understand it and reject it. Listen, I'll still get my sleep. But please understand that. Now it's between you and the Lord because it's no longer a physical situation. It's a spiritual situation. Deep down in your soul, you're saying, I'm not. In God's family, he says, since when does I'm not in my family? Then where are you going to go in my universe? How far are you going to travel in my universe, breathing my air, that you're going to say no? So it's, it's useless, folks. Uh, I'm one of those tracky fans, and uh, and what, that, that, that and one of the one of the creatures out there they, they would say, resistance is futile. No, the Borg used to say the resistance is futile. I don't care what you do, resistance is futile. God is saying resistance is futile. Break your neck if you want to, scream all you want to, all night. Go ahead. I'll even give you the strength to scream. Go ahead and scream. But after you finish, you're still gonna do what I tell you to do. Because I'm God. Doesn't matter about your attitude. I don't care about your attitude until we align with the will of God. See, I understand something. Until we get this together right here, we're shutting down what God wants us to experience tomorrow. If we don't get it together today and we're hanging on to what happened yesterday, then you don't have a tomorrow. You're still dealing with your today and what happened yesterday. Get it together. I'll aim to challenge us to exercise the potent gifts that God has given us in Christ to effectively do his will. So we, do, we come to this last one, a sound mind for stability. What is it? That's the, that's the one point there. That's it. There's no six or seven points. We'll do this, this point. Isn't that nice now? We'll just do this point. I'll sit down. Okay, right. Okay, here we go. Now, we go with the scriptures. It says uh, in, in Corinthians, the spiritual person judges all things, but uh, is himself to be judged by no one. And it says, for who was understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ, which we said before, defining the term. The mind of Christ, the views, feeling, and temper of Christ, we are influenced by the Spirit. Those are Bond's notes. The, having the mind of Christ means that the views, feelings, and temper of Christ, we are influenced by his Spirit. When I have the mind of Christ, I am, I am influenced by how Christ look at it. Uh, they used to have, what would Jesus do? Any of you ever seen that? Okay. In a given situation, you ask one question. And not what I do, what would my friends do? What, what would Jesus do in a situation like this? Oh, you, t you take that in everything. You know, in driving when those folks are, are acting crazy? Uh, not, see, that's when we stop forgetting stuff. We've got to get in the amnesia. When folks are acting crazy and driving around you and, and, uh, and trying to race with you and all these other things, and, and then you're coming down the ramp and they're coming around the wrong side of you, 
and all of these other things. You don't want them to come along alongside. I mean, this. Why do you think this road rage? These, these crazy folks. And sometimes you said, I don't believe this person. No, no, you, no, you're not gonna do this on me. And the Lord says, Let it go, let it go. You know what the Lord taught me? Whenever folks start acting like that, I just say, this, this countdown. One, two, three, zoom, four, five. They're gone, right? Yeah. Therefore, therefore, you're not caught into an incident. You're not doing any reports. You're not in an accident. You're, you're still on your way. Don't worry. Be happy. You're on your way home. See? So all that just is next year. So a lot of times, I don't get over four. This one, two, three, zoom, four. Oh, good. Now just keep on going. I'm, I'm not trying to. You think you're fast? Go ahead. You're fast. You're fast. I, I'm not trying to rush home anyway. You know, I, I'm, I'm going. I'll get there. There are some times we get on the road and all these other, you, we, you have your own situation where you know, you know, you're tested. And God is saying, and the Lord is saying, are you using the mind of Christ when someone talks to you below your intelligence? Ah, oh, I mean, have you ever had those challenges? And, and that's, why, that's why the Lord wants to help us to really um, soften our response and make sure that we are able to respond in a way that is, is always gracious. Uh, I remember back in the office, and, and forgive me, these rabbit trails, uh, back in the office, and, and, and I knew what they called it, the um, uh, Xerox copy floor 11, and I, and I knew about what, how the solidium on, on, the, on, the, uh, on the drum and how it does the uh, the printing and everything. I knew about the solidium. I know how to. I knew how to, if it got scratched, what to do with it, et cetera, et cetera. This guy didn't know I knew it. Okay, we called him in, and he came in to show me, you know, and he was going to say, "Well, I know this is a little bit too high for you." And I said, "I said this, yeah." He said, "Well, well, I'll try to explain it a little bit." Okay, I said, "Okay." He said, "Well, then what you do is I'm going to be pulling this drum out, and 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 this this coating on the drum." I said, oh, you mean the solidium? And he stopped and looked at me, and it ended that conversation right there, right there. He walked out of there. I didn't call him a name. I didn't say I'm black, I'm proud. I just let him know, I know what you're talking about. You the repairman? I called you, fixed the machine. We're on our way. That's right, keep it moving. You see, a lot of times what happens is having a sound mind is letting a whole lot of junk go. Don't get involved with the world and their interaction. Listen, we know you're intelligent. Some of us know that you can take on the debate and, and look at it from every angle and all these other things. But who are you trying to prove? Once you proved your point, will you did a, get a degree as a result of it? Will you get a hand clap? Will the Lord say, well done, my good and faithful servant? Or will the Lord say, you've been wasting my time? Let's get it on, okay? There are two significant things that we should know about the believer's mind. The first one is, on the spiritual side of the corn, it is conveniently available. Two, it is the mind of Christ. Three, it is focus. Four, it is discipline. Got to see those things? It is open to others with the same mind. 
there is no strong, it is a strong contrast to the world's thinking. It is aligned with the will of God. It is impervious to the attacks of Satan. When you talk about a, a spiritual mind, I kind of throw these things out. If you want to have a spiritual mind, then these things should be happening. No, number one, it is conveniently available. You don't have to look for it. You got it. That's your gift. Okay? The, the next thing is the mind that you have is the mind of Christ. Not the mind of Buddha or anybody else. The mind of Christ. Okay? The next thing is a spiritual mind stays focused. We have to be a spiritual mind stays focused. You know, that's why horses win races. They put blinders on horses so that they're not distracted in the race. We were told at one time that we're in a race, right? And to be in a race means that you have to be focused. Those Olympians, when they are in the Olympics, they are very focused. When they train, they are very focused. Focused people get things done. They are functional people. They are effective people. And so when you have a spiritual mind, you are focused, and you always establish your goal. Let me tell you something. When you are spiritually minded, it does not mean that God puts you down as to what your goals are in life. Those who are going to college and all of your various fields and what have you, God needs you in all of those fields. He don't want you to stop doing those fields. He wants you to have the best mind, the best position, but in it, to have the mind of Christ because there, there's probably no one else there. He needs you in that position. I wouldn't make it, but you're there. That's why you got the training. You'll be there. You'll be able to be that light. And when folks start asking you questions, they'll listen to you more than they'll listen to me. They'll say, get out of here, man. No, get out of here, old man. Get out of my face. But you're the person that they'll listen to. You are the qualified one. God is not against your education and your intelligence. He's against your thinking that that's more than him. And so you put all of your energy in who you think you are than who God is. But a spiritual mind stays focused. Jesus Christ always said, I always do what my father says. I'm always tied into daddy. I'm always there. Everything I do. We need to discipline ourselves. When I talk to you, it's like a two-edged sword. As I talk to you, I'm talking to Don Raggett also. Everything I'm confronted with, every situation that I'm running into, I need to stay focused. Or I know, I know about the old Don Raggett. I know what the old Don Raggett will do. But I need to stay focused. And you and I need to stay focused. I need, when I'm focused, I become disciplined. When I become disciplined, I'm walking with the Lord in the beauty of holiness. A disciplined spirit. Discipline. Do you know one of the reasons that I get here early in the morning before anyone else gets here? Oh, because you're the pastor. No, 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 no. No. They just, matter of fact, the board, look, look at the board minutes. The board never said the pastor should come and open the door. 
The board never said that. The, the board never said any of those things. All I knew is one thing. I could not have on my conscience any of you coming here and the door not open and me at least having the doors open and you're comfortable if you come in. I need to have see that happen. I cannot tell you to be on time and I'm running late. That's poor leadership. No, no, no excuses. No excuses. Why? Because our Lord empowers us to position ourselves to have no excuses when it comes because people are primary. People are primary. So everything else must fall in line. My mother taught me that a long time ago. Don, on time, all the time. Laverne can avow that in Augur Garden, we, we, used, we used to walk to school. And if you lived on the further side, and I lived way on what they call Block 11, that was a nice little walk. But a group of us would form a line. And we, we called it the walk, you know. And all of us would be walking. I mean, we'd be walking. You see these lines, long lines, and we'd be walking as friends, but, we, but we'd be pacing ourselves to school. We wanted to get there. But my mother wanted to make sure that I don't care who I hung with, get there on time. Discipline yourself. There's a lot of things right now. One thing I learned through the course of this week was, Donald, I need to tighten the belt of discipline. Everything that happened to me, I, need, I said, I need to tighten the belt of discipline. Let me ask you a question. Are you disciplined? A spirit-led mind is disciplined. It is open to others with the same mind, with other believers. When you see other believers, you should feel good being around other believers. There's a strong contrast between the world's thinking see, and, and, and the believer's thinking. What the world says, I hear it. I read the books. Trust me. I, I understand some of the things that they're, they're saying. I'm not saying I'm an Einstein, but I understand the, the parameters of it. But it's limited. It's going to go as far as the grave, and that's it. And here's what, here's, what my, here's what our father said. The wisdom of men is foolishness with God. That's what daddy said. So then, let them walk around pompously and saying all these different things. Okay, go ahead. You're smart. But let me ask you a question. Are you spiritual? There's a difference. Then, number seven, it is aligned with the will of God. That means that what I'm doing, l listen carefully, are, is God pleased with it all the time? Make it your goal. It is impervious to the attacks of Satan. Satan hates it when you wake up. Because here is when you open your eyes, he sees a disciplined person. He sees a person who has an agenda. He sees a person who is focused. He sees a person that when they get up, they, the first, one of the first things they do is address the father, good morning, daddy. I mean, it's, I mean, they are disciplined in their spirit. They don't tell people about it. They just do it. A disciplined spirit. What goes on in the spirit world will show itself in the physical. Amen? 
Now, notice what James uh, 1.12 says. Let's read it together. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Let me stop right there. <laughs> you, you see that word there? Count it all joy, count it all joy, my brothers. What's that next word? It didn't say if, when, which means it's going to happen. Look for it. It's on the agenda. It's, it's tomorrow or it might even be today. It's going to happen. It says, when you meet trials of various kinds, do you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness? And a steadfastness, continue to read with me, and a steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him what? Ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. If you lack wisdom in any of this, ask God. Ask God. I want to challenge you. When things get really perplexed, before you go calling somebody, why don't you call the person who really had the answer? Ask God. That's why I was talking to the couple. That's why I talked to the lady. I said, did you talk to the Lord? He said, no, I didn't. Let me tell you the end of the session. By the end of the session, the tears had finished dropping, and she wiped them off, and she realized, I'm guilty. She walked out of the door holding her husband's hand and did the apologies. They got back in their car and drove into the night back to their home. The person who insulted her, oh, that's, that's good. They got to deal with her. The thing that, that really happened was she was changed. You know how she was changed? She used a gift. She opened that box and used that mind, that sound mind. Looked at that, she looked at that spiritual aspect of it. And she said, you know what? <laughs> I need to go to Jesus on this. We sing songs and everything else. Take your burdens to the Lord and leave it there. And I'm, I'm, I'm taking it there and then snatching it back. I'm doing a bungee job on Jesus. But now I'm doing it. We need to do this. Okay? Ask God. On the physical side of the coin, we've come to a close here. 2 Corinthians 10.4. Let's read it together. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but of divine power of destroy strongholds. Our weapons is of divine power to destroy what? Strongholds. Okay, this is what I want to really end on, and we talked about it a little bit, but I really want to end on this because I think that some of the things that is keeping us from being productive is that we are dealing with strongholds that still have a hold of us. So, let's get to work. Defining stronghold. Let's read it together. Any person or entity that prevents us from obeying God with all our heart, soul, and mind is a stronghold. Any, anything. So then, you see, it doesn't necessarily have to be evil. See, a lot of times strongholds are not evil. 
strongholds. Let me give you an example. When Jesus Christ said, follow me, and the person said, Lord, let me first bury my, you see what I'm saying? Well, the, the stronghold was tradition and everything else, and the Lord says, let the dead bury the dead. Now, what are you going to do? Are you going to go by tradition, or are you going to follow me? There was a lot of folks who didn't follow Jesus because they were held back by the what? Strongholds in their lives. There's some strongholds in your life that keeps you from really serving the Lord. And you'll never understand, you'll never experience. Some of us want to be happy, but you don't need to be happy. You need to joy. Happiness is based on the happenings. You need the joy of the Lord. So, one of the greatest inhibitors in the believer's life is not the external strongholds, but the internal stronghold that is keeping us from reaching our maximum potential in Christ. Paul expressed the believer's maximum uh, potential. I can do what? All things through him who what? My maximum potential is I can do all things through Christ, through him who strengthens me. That word, remember that being strong? I can do all things. I can do it. Then, then consider the physical aspects of strongholds of the flesh. One, let's read together. When we have a stronghold, we don't want to hear it. We really don't want to hear it. So we, uh, we make up excuses and everything else. We don't want to hear it. Two, it will burden us with unnecessary doubts, fears, and assumptions. Let me tell you something about doubts. Doubts rise on the back of truth. You have to know the truth in order to doubt. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> so then if you have some doubts, that means that you have some truth that you know about that you set aside for the doubts. So you have chosen now to doubt. Okay. Peter said, Lord, bid me to come out to you. And he walked out on the oar. But you see, he doubted. And, and then the Lord says, oh, Peter, why did you doubt? Oh, thou little faith, why did you doubt, man? You're out here on the water. Not all the other disciples are standing there saying, go, Peter, go, Peter, go, Peter, you know. <laughs> but you were the one who got out on that water. You were the one who walking on the water. You saw me. You were coming to me until you saw the wind. And then you doubted and you became fearful. And that's dangerous. Next one. It will distract us from our calling. It becomes a distractor from who God have, and what God has called you uh, to. Strongholds will always distract you from your calling. Some folks have been in the ministry for a long time, and where they should have been, they'll never get there because they have been, by strongholds, been distracted. They're still feeding on crumbs. Four, it deprives us of a more intimate relationship with the Lord. When you have a stronghold, that's why the Lord wants us to deal with strongholds. Don't expect the closeness of the Lord when you're still holding on to things that offend him. The strongholds, be careful. Five, it keeps us occupied with the temple while neglecting the eternal. We stay so occupied 
with the physical, the temporal things while neglecting the eternal. That's why when I uh, talk to couples, I, when I talk to couples, I usually do this. I think it's, I think it's very important. Bear with me for a second. I hold up something like this, and I tell, you, I tell them, you know what? This represents the total existence of man. From Adam to where we're having our little meeting, even while we're having church right now, everything's on this little thing right here. It's called time. You take this and you walk to California, throw it into the ocean, walk back and wait a thousand years, go back and look for it. If you do find it, it's the beginning of eternity. So when you talk about you have issues, <laughs> it's on this little thing right here. All the wars, Genghis Khan and everything, all the wars, everything else is on this little thing right here. We're stressed out, worried about tomorrow and everything else. God says, I got this. There will be an announcement, as you can read in Revelation, says, and time will be no more. And this bad rascal disappeared. Oh, you saw it disappearing like a vapor on your, your windshield, let the sun hit, and all of a sudden it disappeared, and you never see it again. And you never, guess what? You never wonder about it either, do you? I wonder what happened to that vapor that was on the windshield. <laughs> you, you never wonder about what happened to the vapor. James says life is a vapor. And Lord, the Lord wants us to understand that the things that we're involved in has such deep and eternal significance that to be bogged down with anger and all these other things and all, of, all our own agendas of what we're going to do and our emotions and our feelings, God is saying, don't you understand this will end? Don't you understand you'll see me face to face? And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. What did you do with the power, love, and the sound mind that I've given you? What did you do with Jesus? What did you do with my son? You can't grieve God if he didn't love you. He loves you. He loves me. And a lot of things that we're confronted with now and battling with now and, and not losing sleep, and, I mean losing sleep and, and, uh, and frustrated and, and it's beginning to attack the body because your body cannot take the stress. All of these little stressors, the Lord says, why are you doing this? Why are you there? One last thing. In Christ, regardless of our circumstances, the Lord's expectation is for us to still be standing. This is the only position for those who are more than conquerors. Created to endure to the glory of God. When, when the storms pass, when everything has taken place, and when, 
when a person has said that last hurting word and everything else, when, when you find yourself standing there, still standing on the rock of your salvation, Revelation puts it a very nice way. He says, in Revelation says, and the Lord shall wipe away all the tears. That's the last time you cry. That's it. Forget about the tear ducts. I got you. Now check out tomorrow. And I think all of us are going to use this word when we, when we go into tomorrow. Wow. Some of us might sound loud and everything else, but we're just, it's going to literally blow us away that this is what he has been preparing for us all of this time. And I want to encourage you. When we talk about the whole idea of um, the process, that's where, that's where we start off with the word, right? Then we talk about, as you go through the process about being in the moment, and, and as you're living in the moment, some of the things that's going to happen to you. But if, as you live in the moment, then you make sure you use the power and the love and the sound mind. Work it. Work it out. Stand there. And make sure that the Lord find you standing. And having done all, stand. It glorifies God. It defeats Satan. One of the greatest, the greatest defeats was that after all that Satan did, Job was still standing and saying, Yea, though he slay me, <laughs> yet will I trust him. And then from that point on, you didn't hear anything else that went bad for Job. God gave him back double everything he lost. His friends had to come back and apologize with, with presents and everything else. But that was on this side. But in the moment, and that's where you are, in, in your moment, don't give up. In your moment, don't show out that it's contrary to the Lord. In the moment, don't forget who you are. Don't forget whose you are. I've said enough. You've been very patient. If God's been speaking to your heart, and God's been speaking to you about maybe some of the strongholds in your life, I would like to pray for you. I would like to hold you up in prayer. There's some things that you need to deal with that I'd like to pray for you right now. Just simply stand say, it's me, it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. Not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. You know where you are. It has nothing to do with Don Racket. I don't depend on being eloquent or anything else. I'm just sharing with you what God has shared with Don Racket. I share with you because I'm talking to Don Racket also. I have my moments. And the things I preach to you, I have to remember and live it out myself. And so as God begins to speak to your heart, Thank you for your honesty between you and the Lord. I'm looking for the Lord to do great things in your life. I really am. It thrills my heart. Not that you obeyed me, 
but you obey God. Okay? That's where the results are. Let's, let's bow in prayer. Father, how, how we look to you, thank you for your goodness to us. and Thank you for your word and what it has to say to us. You're such a gracious Lord. And so we want to um, commit to you the rest of our lives. You've given us the gifts. It was not to be set aside for Christmas. You gave it to us and you say, open it now. And in open it, we find that we have power, we have love, and we have a sound mind. And we need it, Lord, because life will be tossing everything at us. They hate us because they hate you. We're in Satan's territory, and he will not give up. He will attack our minds and attack our bodies, attack us in our relationships, and attack us on every end. And sometimes, Lord, naturally we're going to cry, but we'll cry standing. We'll cry depending and resting on you. Thank you, Lord, that you are our source, our hope, our future. Thank you for the dear ones who are standing right now, where they are in their life, some of the things they're going through, some things they're confronted with, some decisions they had to make. I pray that this will be the turning point in their lives. Even those who are probably listening to the CD uh, from the Internet, Lord, I just pray that it will make a difference in their lives. And so now, Lord, I just pray that um, if there be one that do not know you, that you click the light on, that they would understand that Jesus Christ died for their sin. They are sinners. They can't save themselves. We're born in sin. But Jesus Christ paid it all, died on the cross of Calvary, rose on the third day, that if they admit this and ask Christ to be Savior and Lord, that, Lord, you do just that. It's not the walking down the aisles or joining the church. It's simply saying yes to your call to their hearts. So thank you for the victory. Thank you for all of the times that we will be pleasing you when we respond with a sound mind and the power and the love that you have given us. Boys, in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. I give myself away.